0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome on back to another collaboration special between Mental Warfare and the Release Valve. I am Sean Hamlin of the Release Valve, and I am joined with my brother from another, Kyle Spain of Mental Warfare. And we got another guest in house tonight. Who are we rocking with, Kyle?
1: Yes, yes. We got one of Newark Memorial's finest athletes, Devon <laughs> Hardin, a graduate from Cal Berkeley, Got drafted in two thousand eight to the Seattle Super uh, Super Sonics, which was which which, which what <laughs> which it was back then, and not their OKC Thunder, wasn't it? Ooh, yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. They're the OKC right. Thunder right now. Yeah, and played uh <laughs> went overseas and played over in at least eight countries. Am I right? If I'm man, not mistaken. Yeah. And nah, so uh, had a had a decent career overseas, and and now you've got your own training, your basketball training business. So welcome to the show, Devon.
2: Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate it. It's uh, it's nice to see to sit here with some of my fellow Newark alums. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Um. So, my man. Uh, just to start off, like, what was what was what was it like for you? Um, transitioning from from basketball uh, to the real world. Like, how how did that work for you mentally? You know, give us a a little bit of a background because uh, you know a lot of people don't understand um what it's like for an athlete to go you know to to go through what you went through and then you know have to you know switch it switch it up wait can I ask a
0: question first real quick sorry to cut you off brother what was it like getting drafted into the NBA first before it because you get you you were a professional first right what was that
2: like Man, you know what? It was it was really a culmination of a of a lot of years of hard work. It's it's funny, I was just telling my kids that I was coming to do this uh podcast, and I was like, man, the guy I'm doing a podcast with, Kyle, he actually was there my first day in the gym. <laughs> he, he was there for for Debo's very first day, and it wasn't pretty. <laughs> so so when you think about going back from I mean I don't even remember what gym we were at when we had when I came to my first practice with the East Bay Bearcats hey. but uh, <laughs> but when you think about going from there all the way through playing AAU playing high school playing college getting to that moment of being drafted to the NBA was man it was nothing it was like a waterfall of emotions you couldn't control like man I got I still sure. got pictures from that day and it's just a bunch of tears flowing <laughs> yeah it's, yeah, I mean, uh, not to mention the fact that the NBA even even for somebody who 6'11" like myself and and very, you know, athletic and looks like a prime NBA prospect, it still isn't a sure thing, you know? I'm and sure, getting, yeah, getting yeah. the name called isn't a sure thing. So I think for me it was uh it was a huge relief Now, I would have liked to have been called a little bit earlier. They made me wait. Some <laughs> <time> anyway, but <laughs> but it, it was funny just because um I actually was gambling on myself a little bit on that one. I had an opportunity to get drafted earlier, but when I was by the Detroit Pistons, and I believe it was like in the 40s 40, 40 somewhere, they, they wanted to pick me up. But their was, stipulation was, you know, you got to go. We want you to go overseas for your first year, and then we'll bring you back. Well, I, I wanted to. I wanted the opportunity to go to training camp. That was my thing. I felt like if I got in there, I could do it. So I, I declined that, and I ended up uh, getting drafted by Seattle. And they were going to give me the opportunity to go to training camp, but unfortunately, man, I ended up with a pretty, pretty gnarly injury afterwards that, that required surgery and really you know, quite, quite a bit of time out. Yeah.
1: Oh, what was the injury?
2: Well, it was so. Well, let me say gnarly injury. It was gnarly in the implications. It really was nothing at first. It was just I went to practice and my leg was hurting one day, and it had been mm-hmm. bothering me on and off, but. You know, when you're dealing with the NBA in anything, they're going to investigate heavily, especially when they're thinking yeah. about you know spending million dollars to keep, millions of dollars to keep you there. Yeah. So it turned sure. out I had a stress fracture in my tibia, and <clears> um, <throat> it was it was it was one of those where it's like yeah, it's not it's not broken now per se. It's a stress fracture, but you could keep playing technically, but you risk the the chance of having a more serious injury, like one of those mm-hmm. Paul George type injuries. Yeah, and, I was just yeah, thinking about like that too. That's you like a, a Brady Cooper so mm. yeah it it definitely threw me off the rails in the beginning but it, just the feeling of getting to the league man it was awesome it was awesome I got to get into some rooms that I never would have thought I was was able to be in I got mm. to um to meet some people you know being be in a place with LeBron or or, or, yeah. or at some point it, it was just it was a wild feeling in certain instances but it was it was something that was you know the goal of a lifetime I wish I had been able to stick a little bit longer but you know, I I'm happy with it. Alright, All right,
0: okay. so I apologize. Back to Kyle's original no, question. Yeah, no. <laughs> so I mean
1: I mean you can just you could just continue on from there and so what was your what were your steps,
2: you know, after the stress fracture? What was uh, what was your path? Man, you know, it was a long path. It was one that, you know, when you're in college, and obviously you were were at a a big-name school, so when stuff happened with you and updates happened with you, there were news press releases to go out and say, you know, Kyle Spain will be back this, he's coming back in two weeks. And, you know, when you're overseas or when when you're kind of out of that loop, um, there's a lot that happens that just nobody knows about. So not a a lot of people Mm -hmm. understand, like, yeah, I dealt with some crazy just circumstances overseas, and you know, if you look at my resume, it looks like man, he 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 bounced here, he bounced. It was really just some wild stuff, and overseas is definitely it opens your mind to this is a business, and you got to really yeah. treat it like a business, and yeah, mm, not everybody does business the right way. <laughs> Yo,
1: if they really they really take the professional out out of the word. Man.
2: And and when you find a situation like that, it's unfortunate because I I found a couple of those situations early in my career where it was really not a professional situation and a contract really didn't mean much to them at all. So I I think that's a big um, piece of advice I would give to any Hooper, like getting ready to go overseas is... Man, look at the reputation of the club you're going to. Like, yeah. mm. are you going somewhere where they're reputable? Not only will they pay you, but they'll treat you right. They'll make sure you have treatment. And, you know, you want to go to some club that's somewhat an extension of what you're used to. A lot of times you get over here, the health care we used to isn't the same. The treatment, the training, the even, even just mm. the, the weights and, and all that stuff is it, not the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. Go, it was, go it ahead. Continue. It was a journey, definitely going through the overseas thing. But back to get to your question a little bit in terms of the, the exit from basketball, it was that was something that was, I would say, probably one of the biggest challenges of my life. Probably the biggest challenge of my life.
1: OK, so when uh, when uh, what year was that? How long? How, how many years did you end up playing overseas before you decided to shut it down?
2: Man, it, I want to say it was a good, uh, when did I, I, I retired officially in 2015. I think I played my last professional game in 2014 and I got drafted in 08. So about six years total. Um, okay. it was, it was one of those things where I could have played longer. And in fact, up until probably the beginning of last year, I felt like I, I was always considering like, man, I might go back. I, I, I might still go back. I still can do it. Yeah. But Yeah, man, I feel that. <laughs> You know, I still get out there and throw, throw down. A, well, it'll be a baby windmill now. It's, it's something real. <laughs> <laughs> but um, man, the transition out was one of those things where it was like I didn't. I I I was ready to be done with basketball, but I didn't plan it. So uh huh, it was yeah. So you were it was like,
1: yeah, like, so were, it was like unf, unfinished business,
2: basically. You know, I, I ended up I, when I came home for Christmas one time and. Uh, and i just basically didn't go back <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I, so I, I that was just
1: like, like there was just like a feeling we just like man I will, i'm i'm not trying to go back or like what was what was going on in your mind at that time
2: you you know i, de- I dealt with some crazy injuries throughout the time like and they were the most badly timed injuries. Of all, th- I'll tell you about one of them in a, in a second, but I've dealt with some crazy injuries. So I was feeling a little bit beat up by the game and just feeling like, yeah. oh my God, this is not going to happen. It's just the way things keep going, this is definitely not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But um, I was feeling a little bit about it. But then also, my kids was getting older. My kids okay. were, yeah, they used to travel with me overseas, so they were at the age, but, um, before my last season, They were, they still came with me. And then that last season, you know, they started kindergarten and stuff. And I was like, oh, man, I'm missing so much. And it was, yeah. I, I, I wasn't there anymore with it. Yeah. 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 So.
0: At those you know. ages, too, the progression is so fast. Like, it doesn't take much. Like you said, you'll miss it. You'll miss it quick, man. too. Yeah, man, that I that's mean, one of
2: my biggest worries: is that my yeah. daughter wasn't really remember me. Like, yeah, I was sure born, and I had to leave like two days after she was born to go back. I had to go back. I was in mid-season. And mm-hmm. See, that's and that's
1: for- a, and that's, a, that's something that a lot of people don't don't understand, man. Like, time is time is like the uh, is like the word of the year for me. It's like the word of the lifetime, actually, because yeah. you know, when you have kids, you can't you can't get that time back. And it's funny is because uh, my wife and I we were we were looking back on on videos and we started doing this more recent uh more often looking at baby pictures
2: mm-hmm.
1: and my daughter my daughter's five now and like it seems like it seems like it was so long ago but it really wasn't that long ago when she mm-hmm. was a baby and this the time is just gone and those are the core the core years those that first that first five years it's serious and i I, I yeah. agree with you. I had that. I had that same thing, and I think that everything happened for for me on that on that path has had everything to do with the kids as well. Just having that time and being able to spend time with them, it's a, yeah. it's a tough place to be in.
2: Um, Absolutely, so
1: yeah. You trying to you trying to do what you love and make money, try to provide for your, for, provide for your family, which takes time, and mm-hmm. then you need time to build relationships with your family and your kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're all stuck in this double edged sword. Uh, and especially with being an overseas player, like yeah. you're dealing with the cultures and like the food, the language, the barriers and stuff like that. Is, is, is Depending just, on it's where you was playing
2: overseas, you either could have been like in a, in a more Americanized place or you could be somewhere where you was basically in a box for the whole <laughs> season. And I've been in those and those are rough, but it's it's just the grind that we accept. You know, it's like, OK, yeah. I'm, I'm going to do this. It's I, part I, of the I life. I am signing up for. I yeah. still get the boo. I still get to go play in front of thousands of fans. You know, that's mm. that's the part that was cool. But like you said, just that the impact of the family, as they got older, I just, my heart got pulled further and further away from the game. You feel mm. me? And mm. that was that was a tough one to, like the last year that I, I did, the last full season I played, they came out with me and I had some great experiences. With, I, I didn't think about it at all while, I was, while they were there. Like I was perfect. I played free. I was probably one of the better seasons I had. I got MVP of um, my my team, and I know we made the all-star game. I actually won the dunk contest, and my daughter got to hold hey, the trophy up with me. You nice, know. nice. Stuff like that was was, was big time. Yeah. Then, then the next season, I didn't have it, and I was back in that box. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a
0: big fall. Yeah, that's yeah a, for yeah, sure.
1: That's a, that's a mental shift right there. <laughs> Yeah. Um, So, so yeah. So, talk a little bit about the injuries because I know injuries, man. Like, there's there's so much warfare behind injuries and just being restricted from being able to do what you love. Yeah, there's a lot of mental warfare that comes with injuries. And uh, as an athlete, you know, share with the world like what that what's that what that's like because uh, you know a lot of people don't under don't understand that, especially it being your your career, your go to the way that you make money and provide for your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: man, you you know the injuries were were something that I've dealt with in the past, and I felt like what a, as a player we all try to avoid the, the label injury prone. We all try to avoid that because that makes yeah. people look at you differently. It mm-hmm. makes them value you differently. Like, man, I'm not yeah. gonna pay him as much because we may not have him. You know, it's kind of that. It's kind of the whole situation going on with Kawhi and Paul George right now. Like, those are extremely valuable players. But when you look at it, it's like, man, this is another season, off season, where we couldn't, we weren't at full power with y'all. We we don't have yeah. our guns running at full power, so injuries are definitely something we all try to avoid. But it's part of the game. So, yeah, for me, I always had the mind frame of um, when it comes to injuries. All right, whatever, it's another it's another hill I gotta climb, but I'm but I'm gonna get over it. So, the first one I was, I had a couple in college uh, where that. Actually, I would say it started in college, probably my junior year. Uh, I, I ended up getting a stress fracture in my foot. Now, it happened. That one, I felt it in the game. Like, I, I dunked, I came down, I felt it, I left the game, I was out mm. for the rest of the season. That happened <clears throat> on game 11 of my junior season. Had I not played the first half of that game, I would have been able to medical redshirt. <laughs> so. <laughs> wow. So <laughs> Wow. The first one, I, half of the game? The, 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 me playing in that game disqualified me from using the medical red shirt here.
1: <laughs> Yo, hey, people of the world, if that ain't mental warfare at its <laughs> finest, that's crazy. So so for those that may
0: not know, what what does that mean that you weren't able so, to... Uh... A,
2: a medical red shirt is basically, as a college athlete, you've got four years of eligibility where you can play for that team. You, you don't, That's why you don't see guys there for six, seven years. You can only play there for four years. <laughs> Um, when you use a redshirt year, that's that's basically not counting a year of eligibility towards you. There's mm-hmm. a couple of different reasons you can use a medical a, a redshirt year, but medical redshirt is one of them. Like, hey, he's hurt, he can't play, so they're not going to count that year of eligibility towards you. Well, mm-hmm. my junior year, well, I pretty much lost the whole season because I played the first half of that game and got injured in that half, which <laughs> was just that was my first encounter with just bad timing when it comes to yeah,
1: getting. that's and, wild. It, like, and so, do you remember how you felt? I, I mean, because I mean, that must, i mean, that's just. I yeah, mean.
2: I do actually, because that I was on a tear that year. That was actually my the first eleven games I played that year was what put me on the NBA map. Honestly, um, I was okay. number I was number two in the country in rebounding. It was me and Michael Beasley, number one and two, um, hey. and we were actually going back and forth game to game. Me and Michael Beasley going back and forth, number one and two in rebounding. I was shoot, shooting the best I had ever shot thus far. I was I was shooting, that think, 80% free throw, shooting the ball. But like, I was playing well that year. Yeah. And then and that happened, and it's just like, oh, shoot. Um, but even still, even with that, that happening, um, I had played well enough in those first 11 games that I, they were like, hey, you should go to the draft this year, which I did. I went to the draft my junior year, and um, – man the draft the draft circuit is it's it's a wild run if, if, if you haven't been on there it's it's something where basically you've got to go two teams to 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 work out for them and you're doing yeah. it on a condensed time frame so it's not like you get to oh i'll go visit here in a couple of weeks no it's like back to back to back to back to yeah. back different cities so it'd be mm, yeah. I would probably, i'd probably start in l.a um, then go to San Antonio the next day, and then the next two days I go to the New York State area and work out for the net for the Nets and the Knicks. Then you go to Chicago, you work out for them. You travel over it like you literally are on this crate. So I did like a thirteen uh, team tour in two weeks. It was it was wild. Wow, that's serious. Uh, wow, and, and, and you're
1: and, like working out though, like depleting your body all at the same time, traveling you know, the jet crazy
2: The the workouts were crazy And Mm. mind you, I had been off all year I I had been on this medical rep I'm I'm, I'm, uh, injured all year So I'm coming into my NBA workouts Without having played a season Yeah, out of shape Just, oh my Just just maybe not
1: out of shape But uh, discombobulated uh, Yeah,
2: yeah As far as catching your rhythms I thought I did very well in that year. And actually I did so well that I did have an option to go first round that year, but I wanted to go back my senior year and and, and try to get a little bit higher. But I'll tell you what made me go back to school. I had been on like, my last couple teams was like, literally, I think we went from Miami one day, next day I flew to New Orleans, um, uh, worked out for New Orleans. Next day I flew to Utah, worked out for Utah. And then I finished the last one in Oakland. So my last one was right there with the Warriors in Oakland. Nice. After four days of of <clears throat> killing it, I had the worst workout ever for the Warriors. Oh, worst workout ever for the Warriors. It was it was bad enough to where I'm like, bro, I can't make a shot. I, I I could feel my legs dead, and I I. So afterwards, Don Nelson came up to me, and I I idolized Don Nelson at this point, and he pretty much told me he's like, man, you know what? We see a lot of promise in you, but I do think you need to go back another year, and that was. That was one of those things that kind of, but I, it was the last day of a workout, man. I had been four workouts in a row. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but either way, that that was the first injury the, that the stress fracture in the foot, which caused me to really um, miss that whole year and then test the waters for the NBA draft. The second injury came the next year, right after I got drafted. I mentioned I uh, after I got drafted to the to the Supersonics, we found a stress fracture in my leg then, and that wow. was. Uh, that was the one that actually took the longest time to heal from because, yeah. dude, with, with whatever it was with this stress fracture, it, it it got to a point. They ended up going in and putting a metal rod in my leg from the from my knee all the way down to my foot. But yeah. for for years after that, it was very difficult to condition because it still felt like my leg was going to snap at any moment, and mm. that made playing just difficult a lot of times, especially yeah. getting in shape. So, yeah. Yeah, so. Those
1: those stress fractures, man. Like people, don't, people don't understand a stress fracture is almost worse than the bone actually breaking. If for whatever reason, it takes longer to heal. Yeah. And just, and because <clears throat> I remember I was out. <clears throat> excuse me. I was out for six months with the stress fracture on my shin my junior year. I'm not mm. sure if you remember that. I was so in high was, school, right? right? Yeah yeah,
2: yeah I, know, I remember, trust
3: me, I, remember
1: yeah. I had to carry the load back yeah so uh so yeah so talk about that that uh that decision or that transition then so um uh, you're you're at home was in december on christmas break and you're like, man, uh, I'm not I'm not trying to go back. Or in your mind, you're just like, I'm not going back. And so, what, so were, what was your steps after that?
2: So before I get into that, because I think the injuries and the the pattern of the injuries really kind of helped make that decision a lot more comfortable for me in my mind all <laughs> the time. There was one more injury that happened that was the timing of it was the absolute, it was worse than both the other two I just told you. So we got one here, I missed my medical register a year for playing in that half. We got one right after I get drafted, eliminate my chance to go to training camp. The last one happened, man, it was terrible. So I was actually playing in China at the time in their NBL league, and um, killing. Killer. my team was doing well. I was averaging like thirty and thir- thirty and like twenty. It was it was one of my better seasons. But that league is also, you know, China. You can just go out there and get them up. Um, <laughs> so I'm playing in China, and uh, I'm sure you know. In most of those overseas contracts, you have an NBA out clause, or or at least they they put one in mind. Where if the NBA team approaches you saying, "Hey, we want to sign you," it, you can leave without any penalty for that contract. That's in all of the contracts there. Um, well, I, well, that happened, but pretty much the Thunder had released me in terms of, they released my rights and the and the Utah Jazz decided to pick me up. I'm like, yo, this is it. Like they, my agent hit me up one day. It was right before our playoffs, but my agent hit me up one day, like, yo, the Jazz came knocking, finally pack your bags, you're coming home. Yo, finally got that call, right? And I'm just, ec- I'm ecstatic. So, but my team, I, I felt kind of bad because my team was doing well out there. Like we were, we had a good chance of winning out there. But I had to tell him, I went to him, like, hey, guys, I'm sorry. I got to go. Like, they hit me up. I got to go. So yeah. they said, Devon, we, we hate to see you leave, but can you please um, – we're going to bring another American in today. Can you please show him the plays? Just, like, can you help us get, get him acquainted? No problem, y'all. Like, I was real cool with this thing. Like, I got y'all. So we get out on there, and, and we're doing a walkthrough. I'm showing the American all the plays. And and this – I can I can admit it now because it's 100% a pride injury. One hundred percent pride. It was all me. I, there's nobody else to blame but me for this. Mm-hmm. But um, wh- wh- I'm showing him the plays, and then the and then the uh, the coach blows the whistle. All right, let's go live. And I'm like, man, I can't go live, but I'm gonna give him one just to let him know, bro. You're not getting me out of here. Like I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> <laughs> I had to let
1: him know. oh to, shoot, the space
2: of nobody. Like I'm making space for you right now, mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Literally, the very first play after he blew the whistle, I get the ball on the block and I'm about to just go and dunk on him. I'm just, I'm, I'm a quick spin middle, go and dunk him. So I knocked his hand off, turn middle, and then when I brought my left hand back up to gather, I heard a loud pop. I was like, oh, and I ran off the court. I didn't know what was going on. Like. I thought it was dislocated, which I'm like, all right, I could deal with a dislocation. Cool. And I was actually praying it was dislocated. Man. Once I let, once I, you know, once that pain kind of subsides we let go, I was, basically my bone was popping out of the top of my hand. Oh, man. And you didn't even know how it happened? I know how, it got caught in his jersey. When I saw, got I- Got caught I, in his jersey. I slapped his oh, hand off. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I slapped his hand off to get, oh, to get by him so I could get to the rim. And then when I came up to gather, my finger got caught in his jersey and just popped it, right, just like that. Oh, man. The day. The I'm day hurt. I got the call from the Jazz, <laughs> yo, what? <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm, look, I'm old enough now. I can admit now that that was an injury of pride. That was, that was me just trying to show out, let let Buddy know that <laughs> that he was dealing with Debo.
3: Yeah. yeah oh man <laughs> oh wow i'm so
0: salty and this was so long ago <laughs> man. oh man. my so, goodness so,
2: so imagine look you want to talk about um you want to talk about I, I always felt like i was a perpetually optimistic person i never lose hope i'm always gonna keep going i'm always gonna keep this is the one time in my life i say i lost it like i literally mm-hmm. when they t- once they took me to the hospital and showed the x-ray I, I must have done forty thousand dollars damage in that hospital room. I was ripping stuff off a wall. I was hot, but even more so than that, I think I was. I was I, that moment kind of defeated me for the first time. Like, mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Damn. That's, so that's that's hey,
1: a. So,
0: how long that did that it though. take that's... you to admit that that was a pride injury?
2: Oh, honestly, I didn't. Admit, I didn't admit that for the first time until this year, and it no. was. <laughs> it was <laughs> <laughs>
0: The stupid rookie didn't have his jersey tucked in the way he was year. supposed to. It was his fault.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and it was funny. I was talking to my brother earlier this year, and um, I was t- I had ne- the funny thing is, I realized I had never really told nobody the story the way it really went down. So, when I, mm. as I'm telling it to him, I kind of had to come to the realization like, bro, you should have walked out the court the moment that whistle blew. But yeah, you want to just the band. There you go.
1: <laughs> so. That's. That's just, that's just, that's just wild, man. And I I love that you were able to share that because, you know, it's, there's, there's a path for everyone, right? And the Mm -hmm. the league is just so, there's only so many slots and there's so many different reasons to why people don't make it or why people don't stick. Yeah. And that's a legitimate
2: ass reason right there. Like, that's, (laughs) that's, yo, that's like, yo, what? (laughs) <laughs> like, like, my mind
1: is blown. Like, I, I'm hurt for you. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'd be sick. So, yeah. because like, I was, I was mad. I was mad. I didn't go to training camp with the Wizards, and that's still, like, 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 why didn't I go to why didn't I why didn't I go to to, to training camp with the Wizards? And that stuck with me, you know, for a long time. Because I ended up breaking my foot my first year after mm. Belgium. I was supposed to go back to go play with the Wizards. um I should have just went to training camp, but I wanted to go get money first. Yeah. So I went to Belgium. I broke my foot at the end of the season. And so when I went back to go play uh, to training camp with the Wizards, I was nowhere near in shape. I wasn't Mm -hmm. ready. My legs were like, i would never experienced this type of weakness in my legs. You know, when you take so much time off walking... Mm-hmm. like it's crazy walking keeps your legs strong <laughs> oh, oh, walking sure. walking keeps your legs strong the people don't notice it because it's what you do on a daily basis right sure yeah yeah were,
2: were you on the scooter but or on the crutches
1: i was on crutches yeah, I, I was I on had crutches, crutches.
2: that's right i was on the crutches for a long time too yeah that. but
1: yeah. in europe in europe they don't got the crutches where you put under the uh well they oh, might no? do they might now they got the ones where you got you that's on the arm and you got a You gotta use your whole body weight, (laughs) so I was the little
2: Timmy crutches, the little
1: stick, the uh, whole little tink tink, yeah, (laughs) little tink tink.
2: So yeah, something about Mary crutches. Uh,
1: So yeah, man, that's that's nutty, bro. So that 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 helps me a lot to put my my regrets to rest. (laughs) Like that right there, I'm like, oh, I don't. So well, everybody's four the room. Just, just own,
2: imagine though. the phone call I had to make to my agent.
1: How did that, a lot yeah, of that go? To, go ahead and talk like, about he that. He
2: Called me to tell me about how, about you know Utah wanting me to come out. Well, we were both, so we it was a moment of like, yo, we finally let's go. We here, let's let's we are footsteps. We door, did it. Let's go. Yeah. I called him back later, and we was in China, so we was on China time, and I called him. And it was I, I woke him up to tell him. Man, it was—I I could tell he wanted to cut me out, but mm, <laughs> but it yeah. was just one of those— I mean, that was one that, that really affected me, I, I would say, and I, and I can admit it now it did, but I'll say my mind frame changed a little bit after that. After, after yeah. that last one,
1: yeah, it, I mean, it, so,
2: blah, it was more so just like, man, let me um, let me enjoy the rest of my career. Let me—you let me, um, know, this timing thing doesn't seem to be on my side, so let me go somewhere where I can enjoy myself. My family can come and we can have some fun and, and just, you know, play some hoop. So that's why I ended up switching and going over to South America for, for the pretty much. And then also, Europe with the money problems. That was another issue, too, man. Okay. Uh, ran into some teams that was just shady with the money. So um, I ended up finding the team in Venezuela. I, I really enjoyed it out there. Played for them for two seasons. Um, a team in Argentina, I was there for a hot second. A team in Argentina was the first time I ever been cut. It was the really? first time I ever
3: been cut what was
0: what was that mental warfare like man
2: that was a tough one because i'm debo man i don't know i'm the the man i'm doing here
0: yeah (laughs)
2: but i i can understand i didn't really had a it was after the china thing and i didn't really have the best attitude um I would say I also really didn't like hooping out there. It was a whole like playing in Argentina was a whole different vibe, including the outdoor, indoor arenas. It was a lot oh, of yeah, like perspiration yeah. everywhere. The floors was like lakes, like you just slide all over like Argentina wasn't my cup of tea. Um and then just the, the league itself I thought they 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 weren't as good as some of the other leagues I've been in, you know. They travel fifteen hour bus rides everywhere they yeah, yeah. go. <laughs> Mm, yeah, that's but, rough uh, on the body. That's crazy. The, the last place I ended up was Brazil. That was where I, I spent two seasons there. My first one was where my family came out with me. We had a, <laughs> and the, the problem with Brazil was it was so expensive that we came back and we had damn right spent all the money out there. <laughs> <laughs> Dang! <laughs> like they just put us in a little rinky dink little hotel. I was like, nah, man. So I ended up renting a little condo on the beach that my family could enjoy, and it was, I mean, a little high rise condo, and next thing you know, it's like, we going home. I'm like, hold up. The duckies ain't <laughs> messing up, man. <laughs> <laughs> Must have
0: dropped something out here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: So, so that played a part in them coming, not coming back the next season, which is oh, like, yo, oh, we spent way okay. too much here this first season. We got to cut it back. That second season, I, that's the one I didn't make it through the whole season. I ended up going home halfway and not, not going back out, so – it was uh it was rough. You know, I mean, you know, you you've been through that that point where something you've been doing this long, and all of a sudden you don't do it no more. Yeah, and it's like, damn, what do I do well,
0: now? It's like we, what we said last time. You know, it, it's something. It's part of your identity. It's who you are as a person, man. and not just when you step on the court. How you carry yourself off the court. You were Debo. You were the person that yeah. stepped on, put on the jersey, stepped on the court, laced up, and got it done. And sign, autographs, you that sign autographs. Sign autographs. Yeah,
2: know, I got little kids running up on the. Yeah. Man, once, you yeah. get, it, once it's over, it's over. Yeah, it,
1: mm. right. I and mean, you don't you don't really realize that it's almost that that feedback from the world from basketball that gives you that confidence. You don't even realize it. it's almost sub subconscious. It's like you are feeling good about yourself. You know what I'm saying? Basketball is what I do, and once it's taken away, it's like, oh shit, okay. All right, uh. Now what? Who, who am I? Who am I? Right, yeah. Yeah,
2: I, I'll, I'll say this much. In retrospect, and I'm at a much better place now where I'm, I'm definitely like charging full steam ahead. I've got big goals that I'm working on on this side. So I do feel like I'm fully engaged in this life now to where I'm, not, I, I'm hooping is not part of my identity anymore, which it was before. Um, I'll say this much though, with that time and with that, with that break from the sport, the depression was crazy and and i didn't realize it until i came out of it and mm. but when i was in it man it was i told you i'm a, i feel like i'm a perpetually happy person i'm always trying to make people feel better about themselves but i didn't realize i didn't feel good about myself and uh-huh. it, it came forward in just little ways i know like my first job i got was selling cars man it was well actually no i'm gonna keep it i'm gonna keep it a buck with you uh, when i first came home i wasn't i wasn't trying to take no job I really I yeah. really was like, man, man, I'm a hooker, man. I can't just yeah, have no it, title.
3: Facts.
2: You're yeah. not gonna Facts. just give me no title, like nah, man. I'm, right. I'm like I need, yeah, I need facts. And I didn't have I didn't have the credentials for any of the jobs that I was thinking I was, should have, so mm-hmm. I'm I'm like, man, I can't take that, I can't take that, I I can't do this, I can't do that. And um but that's that we're in real life now. Bills gotta be paid, kids gotta, gotta be fed. So after a while it was like my wife was very helpful through that because her she, she was really just kind of encouraging me, but she knew where I was going in terms of my depression. And the first thing she said was, um, hey, why don't you go... My, her father owns a janitorial business. I said, why don't you go help my dad out? He, need, he needs some extra help. And I was, wasn't really doing nothing other than working out and staying at home. i so, yeah, I'll, I'll help him. Um, well, that turned into a situation where it's like, no, nah, man, I, I need you to stay here for a while. And, and I wasn't doing nothing else. And it put in a little bit of money, like a little, little bit of money. But... Man, being a janitor was the best thing that ever happened to me. Like for real. Really? Oh yeah, big time, big time. It was um, it was humbling.
1: Humbling. I can I can only yeah.
2: I was going to say that's a
0: profession that I feel like a lot of people um have misconceptions about, and something that a lot of people may even look down upon. You know, that's not a profession that that too many people would say. You know, you're a janitor. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you always oh, look my, at them a little they're, different. They're, Remember in high school and stuff they're, like, they're, like that, you see them cleaning bathrooms and stuff like that. You know, you didn't really pay them any mind. You didn't even, you know, look at this person going to clean the bathroom. Like, you man, look down on them, even talk shit.
2: Man, you know, it's not glorious work at all. It's oftentimes the janitors that you think about most of the time, they either are just kind of squeaking through, trying not to be seen, or they come mm-hmm. by after night. Like, we mm-hmm. try to put them out of sight, out of mind. But So so we have this connotation of it being just this, this this bad job or whatever so that's it's for me to go straight from an nba hooper up here to that yeah. that, was, that was just man that was a whirlwind for me but i got so much time to think and i got yeah. so much time to um because i mean man this, uh, janitors don't work like hours i'm gonna tell you that it'd be no. like three in the afternoon to three in the morning <laughs> like they 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 it's, it's a lot of work but i got a lot of time to think and it humbled me man and put me in a spot to where I was able to get off the basketball pedestal and really just kind of be like, yo, man, what, what's the move? What's the move? Yeah. You Like, who are you really? And what are you going to do with this now? Because I know I wasn't feeling <clears> that, <throat> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, just the fact that I was a janitor and I had that title and I was willing to do anything had to get out of that opened up the the car the, the car salesman to me because before I would have did that, I was like, nah, I ain't going uh-huh. to sell my car. Mm-hmm. You know, but... Um, Going through that, man, even the car sales part was, if I still was dealing with it, like, and I don't tell a lot of people this, but when I was there, you know, you, you got to be personal. You got to be friendly to cut the guts Yeah, man. right. Man, I used to hate when people asked me, why you ain't hooping? hmm Oh, my god. Why you ain't hooping? Oh, what, you do, what you doing, what you doing oh. here? Yeah, look right. how big
0: you are. You can't play basketball right. somewhere. Yeah,
2: that dro- I'm telling you, those mm-hmm. comments, they really drove me deeper and it got to a point where I just stopped identifying myself with hoop at all. They would ask me Man, do you play basketball and for, for like two years. My answer was no. Like, nah, no, I don't hoop. Yeah. I, I don't I don't I don't play basketball at all. That was mm-hmm. really I wanted to be so far away from it. I would tell people no. I literally would get mad when people would ask me about basketball. Like, man,
0: mm-hmm. what you doing here, man? I got work. Damn, what you <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. right? Legit though. Legit. Yeah. yeah. That's another another thing that a lot of people don't take into consideration. Man, people look at. I know I was. I did that type of shit too. You know, I see somebody that was tall and be like, damn, bro, like you don't play
2: basketball somewhere?
0: You see somebody man. six foot seven and they play tennis. You know what I mean? Like, nah, I don't you know, care and, about and basketball. Make those <laughs> jokes
2: all the time. Kind of like, no, I play this. I play that. But for me, it was. It was it was just more more confirmation of the fact that I'm not in this no more. Yeah, looking at me wondering why I'm not in it, and and I wanted to be so far away from hoop that honestly I didn't even watch basketball for like two three years. I didn't watch Mm -hmm. I didn't watch it. I didn't do nothing. The only thing that really got me back in the hoop was my son loved the game. And he start and he start mm. playing and he starts saying, "Dad, can you coach me, Dad?" I'm like, "Oh, alright." Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, that is
1: great. That is great. Yeah. That's what's up. That's yeah, what's up. Sure. But it's, it's, <clears throat> it's.
2: I mean, I'd love to hear a little bit about your your experience with your retirement because I don't know, man. We we haven't been able to rap as much, but. Shoot, I I know you were hooping
1: until, what, was it two, three years ago? Yep, two, three years ago. I was
2: proud, too, because I'm like, look, we got one of my fellas still going out there, because we dropping now.
1: We're We're dropping like flies out here. Um, You know, it's a a lot of, no, it's similar similar process. Um, You know, I, I take all responsibility for the success or the unsuccess of my career, Mm. Uh, just going through the motions a lot of the time because being overseas for me, being like I used to bro no, no no cap bro I used to I used to cry every time I left every time before oh, yeah. I left overseas I cried every oh, wow. time bro because going over there obviously you know I've been with my wife I'm emotionally attached to her and she's been mm-hmm. rocking with me since day one and so I always always have to leave her leave my family behind. And then go to a new country where it's the language and it's the it's the food and it's the the situation. I'm hoping my apartment's going to be legit. You know what I'm saying? Like I hope my yep. car is going to be <laughs> legit. And a lot of the times, it's like okay, it's cool to live in, but like there, it's no, it was no luxury for me. It was like, like oh man, I wish I was in something nicer than this. It was an apartment. I had a car and stuff like that. But being away from home in your comfort zone uh, for ten months out of the year. It's, it was, it was an ideal, you know, for me. And so I, I would go through the motions every year. You know, I was yeah. never out there, like, enjoying myself and, mm. like, happy with what I was doing. Uh, mm. And so, but it was all that I knew, you know, it was what I was good at. And so, you know, I played basketball, you know, still super athletic to this day. You know. But 2017, just like on. you, Devon, huh?
2: I still dunk on
3: <laughs> <laughs> and I'll dunk on you <laughs> Oh I know you I ain't getting up more, more than you, yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, <said that> one. <laughs> Nah but um,
1: 2017 like yourself Devon Was just dealing with a lot of injuries uh, Like I said 2010 I broke my foot mm. And went through that whole Wizards uh, situation And you know I was hurt by that I went to the D League after that and I was depressed two years in the D League, bro. I was eating, drinking, while in season. I ended up getting up to like two fifty mm. in season. You know what I'm saying? I remember like, the big so, yeah, hey, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. And so like I was I was depressed those two years and then I ended up going to Holland and I ended up leaving uh leaving for for misconduct to be honest I mean nothing crazy I wasn't like you know cussing nobody out but like during the practices it was the situation that I was in there was a lot of pressure on me I was like mm-hmm. a player coach out there me and my point guard and so like my coach was like unknowledgeable He just didn't really have like what it take to, what it took to be a coach and he would always ask us like okay what, what should we do Joe what should we do Kyle like what, what run what place should we run and so mm-hmm. And then just like, like, we weren't successful. We weren't playing that well. And it kind of like, I kind of like just like kind of ducked off on the side and just started like, like what? And, and one time I snapped in practice and was like, oh, what are we doing? Like, and then um, one thing led to another and it ended up being, uh, you know, a factor in my departure. Yeah. Right. And so, oh, after I had that, a of them. you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so oh, after that right. that was I like uh GMs. <laughs> yeah no that's what see but that's what people don't understand it's like the people when people are unprofessional and you're supposed to be a professional like you you run into that kind of stuff right you and know so, just uh, real quick
2: man just because yeah, this is one of those things that i think is, is is important for young hoopers to hear but um i ran into one of those situations where and and In retrospect, I probably could have handled it with a little bit more, you know, uh, 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 class, let's put it that way. Yeah, of course. (laughs) So when I first got drafted, um, I told you that's when we discovered the stress fracture in my shin. I actually was able to get a contract with that injury. Um, There was a team in Turkey that wanted to sign me for the year, even though I had that stress fracture. So I got on the phone with him and I made very clear, like, look, guys, you know, I cannot play right now. And I probably won't be playing for about six months. They said that's fine. We're still going to pay you. We just want you here for the for the playoffs. That's what we're. That's what we need you here for. I can't pass that up, you know. Right. Under- yeah. Was- so so I went over there. Um, that this was right after the kind of thing with, with where I figured out we had the stress fracture, and we decided the course of action was to stop playing and let it heal rather than do surgery first. So I get over to Turkey, and now mind you, I still look fine. I still I'm yeah. still on the court. I still can shoot. I just I'm not supposed to be going putting a lot of um,
1: yeah pressure maybe,
2: or uh, tend to aggravate it. So
1: yeah,
2: I get out to Turkey and I don't know what they expected to see. If I was supposed to be in a cast or something, but they see me come out there and they're like, oh, he looks good. Like, and I'm and I'm I, during warmups, I'm shooting. I'm doing very very light stuff, but they're like, man, he looks good. We think he might be able to go. So basically they uh, sent me to Istanbul to go get a, um, to go see their doctor and have him evaluate me. Luckily for me, my agent had a doctor in Istanbul too. So they didn't know that I had set up a side appointment to go see mine too. But I went to see their doctor, he took x-rays and um, I actually took those x-rays straight to my doctor. My doctor came and basically told me, he's like, yeah, man, it's not healing. This is when you need to get surgery. So I had made it up in my mind, but do you think that's what their doctor told them? Nah, hell um, no, nah, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's good to go. He could start tonight right? if he wanted to. <laughs> so we, get, we get. I get back to to the city, and they're and they're like, "Man, great news! The doctor said you're ready to go." Right? <laughs> and, I, and, and meanwhile, I got. Oh my, really? My and I'm like, man. All right, let me holler at y'all because it's really not gonna happen. Like, mm, I, yeah. it's not gonna happen. So I get that's called. A I get called into a meeting with some people I've never seen before. Like, I walk into a room and there's like three people in there I've never seen. And one sitting at the head of the table. I've seen him around, but I didn't know who he was. And then the head coach. And pretty much nobody introduced themselves to me except the guy that had a table. He was the GM. And this is how he introduced himself to me. I heard that you I heard that you don't wanna play. I'm like, well no, it's not that I don't wanna play, it's that I'm injured right now. And he just starts going off. You're my effing player, you're gonna do what the F I say, if I say get out there, you're gonna like just start snapping on me. Now Kyle, you know me. You know oh I Oh my God. You know I got a little Yo. bit of purpose. I'm sitting there and I'm just like I'm smiling all these so talking like oh word. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got up and I laid like I basically went down a lot. F you, 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 you. Everybody, I'm not dealing with. Like I pretty much told them, screw all y'all. The money you paid me already, I'm out with it, and I expect the rest of my money too. Because I mean, they agreed to it, but you know, I need yeah. the rest of it. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we definitely have to look out for ourselves over there. Yeah, because they, they, it's there's so much shady stuff that goes on. <laughs> Oh man! man.
1: That, yeah, a <laughs> similar situation happened when uh, when I was in uh, France in 2016. I had tore the labrum uh, one of the mm. one of my injuries. I had tore the labrum in my shoulder. Yeah, I've done that. And it was it was such a such a random random injury for me. I'm like, it happened in the game, and all I did was swipe at a ball, and I heard like a little pop, mm. and uh, you know. It was sore mass sore I didn't think there was nothing crazy but I went to get the MRI they're like yeah you told the labrum when your shoulder you're gonna eventually have to get surgery but my shoulder was so strong that I was still once the inflammation subsided I was still able to play on it and mm-hmm. we were we, we made a playoff run and uh at that point you know I wasn't sure like I ended up I don't I didn't I ended up continuing to play you know that was in yeah. april. And uh, I was supposed to be done, but they were like, oh, no, you're still good to play. You're still good to play. Like the doctor said, you know, this, you're good, right? And mm. I got a couple shots in my shoulder and uh, I ended up playing. But like at that, at that time, um, I'm like, all right. And so I ended up going to the playoffs and they ended up, they ended up offering me uh, a contract for a little bit more than what they gave me the the year prior, and mm-hmm. at that time, I declined it because I had a I had a higher contract from Turkey. Yeah, <laughs> no bullshit. Like in April, I was I had, I had a line a contract lined up for a high uh, like a like a high, not high six. I want to say high six figures, but it was like for uh it was like for 150 right mm-hmm. 150,000 and i was like like nah i can't sign this contract you know what i'm saying like I, I i was able to play so i'm like i'm not sure if i'm gonna get surgery or not and so i ended up declining the contract and then my agent at the time it was like he wasn't he was just like a temp agent he wasn't even like representation was uh was huge, was a huge issue for me. I was never represented properly. I got stuck in France. (laughs) I didn't want to be in France anymore because they put me in a box. Like, they had me playing power forward a lot, and I'm not a power forward. You know what I'm saying? So I wasn't happy, and so I wanted to leave. I wanted to get the playoffs over with and just leave. I was like, all right, well, if I can play like this, I know I can play somewhere else. And then my agent was like, well, he's like, I'm not trying to send you anywhere hurt. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's on my name too. (laughs) So, I'm like, shit. So, I'm like, all right. The team had offered me, uh, you know, to get surgery, right? And so, I ended up calling me back. I'm like, all right, well, can I get that contract back? And they were like, nah, we can't give you that contract back. You're going to have to get it for less, right? And so, I'm like, fuck. Probably, so yeah. Not, and so, I'm like, fuck, right? So, I'm like, <laughs> so I got to get surgery now and I got to take a pay cut from uh, from the contract. And it just that's when it started you know i got the i ended up getting the surgery i got my surgery done in france i left i was by myself i left um this was like right from phones like you know phones overseas they Mm -hmm. weren't legit at that time so the communication was kind of trash but i ended up going out france by myself and getting the surgery done i was in the hospital bed like three days three four days alone oh dang so that shit took forever came back uh Really? Didn't didn't go through. Didn't go through my 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 rehab process. wasn't Didn't go that well because I was supposed to do everything on my own and and to, to, to keep to keep it one hundred. I didn't do everything that I could to to get. <laughs> it's back so difficult court.
2: to do it when you're not in an organized program like in college. Yeah,
1: so when you've got people. Yeah. So it was all on me to do my rehab, and I didn't do it properly, and so I went back, and I wasn't ready. Mm. And so because I wasn't ready, they ended up bringing in replacement for me until. Until I got ready, but uh, they were winning. the 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 player, the player that replaced me, uh, like you, he uh, was too good.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You gotta get somebody a little bit, little bit sorrier than him. (laughs) Yo.
1: so uh, I mean, no disrespect to my man, but uh, he wasn't me. But the team was winning, (laughs) okay. So for that, they didn't want to change anything. And so I basically sat the bench the whole season. The whole mm. season. And I didn't play until the end. And they ended up winning the championship that year, too. I played two games at the very end. But I didn't step on that court again. And, and it, it it killed my career. It, it put a real wrench in my career because I didn't play. Yeah. Um, so But, but they don't know a the reason
2: why you didn't play. All they know is that you was on the bench. Yeah.
1: I was on the bench, my replacement was there and they they were winning all, they were winning, so I could, they were like well like if we start losing like well maybe we'll bring you back you know what I'm saying so I was like ah, alright, I was blessed, I was getting paid but I wasn't playing at all And so that took a toll yeah. on my brain as well just sitting there, I ended up going back to France that year after uh, for pretty much the same money but uh, you know I wasn't motivated and Again, the coach was, wasn't was for me. It, it, it wasn't conducive to my type of style of play. Only yeah. played 20 minutes a game. He liked to rotate players. He liked to play all the players and still kept me in a box and stuff like that. So I was never happy, you know, playing yeah. over there. That was probably my worst season uh, statistically. I ended up going up into the higher league at the very end of the season to go play in the playoffs, and I thought that was going to be like, you know, a boost for me considering that I hadn't been playing like that. But when I went to the team, I had hurt my knee. Like at the very end of the season, I had hurt my knee, and like squatting was not even a problem, like dunking, like it was it was an issue. So I was actually, I was actually wow. kind of hurt. It was like chronic chronic tendonitis in my knee, and at that point, I didn't want to be in France anymore. Right, I had been there for four years and I'm like man I've been there four years they put me in a box every single year I'm not happy here I'm like I'm trying to go lo and behold little did I know I, I wouldn't get a contract after that I didn't have an agent I fired my French agent because he was talking about oh well, yeah I got connects in Spain I got connects here I got connects there And when really in reality all he had, his major connects were in France well at least he didn't get me anything, anything uh, anywhere else so I ended up firing him trying to find some other representation and then i couldn't really find anybody that was that was suitable for me so i didn't you know, i didn't get it i didn't end up getting another contract to go back it's overseas until um i met uh somebody in san diego we were playing through one of my mentors uh and he was like yo bro like i got an agent that's out in mexico and so he linked me with him so that's when i went over to mexico and started playing over there Okay. And uh it was it was one of the lower leagues in Mexico. And so it was kind of whatever, but I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try and, and 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 use this as a platform to get myself back overseas. Yeah. And I ended up, injured, I, I, I ended ended up Yeah, I ended up getting injured out there. You know, actually that that year I was I was cool. That was that was a great year. I was averaging 35 and like nine. All right. And so things started. Things started looking up or whatever. And then I ended up going back to that team that next year. And I ended up getting injured uh, again. I ended up like sliding on a puddle and uh, and I sprained my ACL, sprained my ACL, and uh, and something else that I did. So I was so that that hurt me. Right, and so I was that I was out for a few games with that. Um, that was in 2000, and no, actually I hurt myself in 2019. In 2020, I went back to that same team. It was a rough start. Uh, they changed the rules of the league. It was a rough start, but we ended up started picking back up, and like shit started shit started moving. I was I was hooping, like we was starting to win. I got a contract to go to Japan. Like, we was, bro, like, we had just be, this was right before COVID happened. It was right before COVID happened. I got my contract to go, signed and everything to go to Japan after my season was over in Mexico. COVID COVID happens and everything gets shut down. Everything yeah, you couldn't down. even travel in, huh? No, they wouldn't I, let there was, people, no, yeah. there was no traveling, the leagues were shut down, L- lose my contract.
0: Especially overseas too. You could barely travel inside the States, let alone right. going back and forth on a plane and shit like that overseas. Oh, like they were really man. not
1: having that. Bro, yeah, so man. so I was it was looking up. We had just beat the the number one team in the league, which was our rival. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Uh this that was actually when I found God too though. You know what I'm saying? So that was a blessing. But that happened. COVID happened, and then we throws. all went, to, yeah, the free throws, and then uh, uh, so everything was looking up. COVID happened, everything got shut down, and when it opened back up, I ended up going back overseas. You know, I was like, you know what? I'm about to stretch. I'm going to do everything I can, like to try and to try and get back, even though I was still out of shape. Mm. Ended up like straining my quad, like in the very beginning of the season, strained my quad. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, that old man body trying to get but, out there. Yo, know, <laughs> strain
1: my quad. <laughs> right, and you know, I, like like I said, I was still about to t- like make an effort to, to try and stretch and get and do what I needed to do so I can get back. I end up, uh, which is the injury that I'm still having today. I still haven't gotten it checked yet, but I know it's like mm. a, uh, it's meniscus or it's, it's, it's something. <clears throat> I I get hit in the game, but it it wasn't bothering me like. It, it didn't bother me at that point. It was just nothing drastic happened. There was no trauma. The, more, the next morning, I wake up and my knees swollen. Completely swollen.
2: <laughs> That's the thing Did people we, don't understand about about the life of an athlete, man. I mean, it's you got so many different battles that you're dealing with on so many different levels. Aside from the fact that you're actually going out to battle and try to win a game, yeah. you got to deal with the battle of just trying to drag yourself out of bed to practice every day. Or, or the mm-hmm. battle of dealing with a coach that you maybe don't deal you, you don't yeah, get along with facts. the battle of being away from your family the battle of finances but then there's also that injury battle which really when those happen they kind of go to the forefront of everything you, yeah. you like and and when you do de- it's just part of sports it's part of what we deal with but the the thing is i feel like we're more prone to injuries overseas because they're a lot more preventative with their care here like yeah. in college the way that they stretch you, the way that they do their physicals beforehand, the way that they monitor you, your nutrition, mm-hmm. that type of stuff. You, you get here, you're gonna. They're gonna. They know what to do. They, it's damn near NBA level in college. And you get overseas, you don't have a nutritionist. You lucky if you got a strength coach. No if, ice. You know, try, <laughs> some
1: ice, some things don't got ice.
2: The practice is like pulling teeth. Mm-hmm. And. Um, Stuff like that is is just conducive to having more injuries. So not to say oh, all overseas programs are like that. Some are first class. Like, yeah, absolutely. You got somewhere like an Olympiacos or, or Panathinaikos, somewhere like that. Those are top tier programs that pay their players millions of dollars. They're they're investing that same amount. But most most clubs that we get these little, you know, this little co- If you're not making that type of money, you're probably yeah. not at a club that can invest that type of stuff into you. So yeah, that type of exactly. Shit resources and so, i was
0: going to ask that too because it sounded like a lot of that a lot of that type of stuff seemed preventative like something that you know a lot of stress fractures and stuff like that that seems like stuff that like guys should be getting worked out more stretched more getting certain things isolated a little bit more especially with know, big fellas right um i know you know with stress <clears throat> fractures and feet injuries and stuff like that uh, it, it can happen a lot but it seemed like hearing you guys talk about this type of stuff and especially getting overseas that yeah you're just not getting that same treatment in and the, the a lot of people don't realize how much that is a factor in your guys's ability to recover work out properly um you know rest properly you know all those type of things that add up and yeah if you're going years and years and years without taking care of your body properly you're just going to get i hate to use like you said earlier use the the phrase injury prone but I feel like that's a recipe for disaster for anybody that's putting Absolutely. their body on the
1: line like that. Absolutely because it's not only that it's not only the lack of resources but it's the stress that you're going through as well that's putting the that's, mental that, stress that, of it but the mental stress has everything it affects, affects your you physical, physically Right? oh 100% yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, a little I mean, more that tense, all a little tighter in, yeah, all that, that factors into all the injuries and so it's kind of like a double <laughs> whammy
2: Think about it like this, man. When we we're in high school and we we're and we we're playing in high school teams, they've got the resources of a high school. So the way you stand out in high school is by being a superior player. Like you got better skills. You 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 know those few that earn themselves scholar, scholar, college scholarships. They're they're the cream of the crop essentially. But mm-hmm. once you get to that college level, you're you're not just a, a athlete anymore. You're an investment.
1: Mm-hmm. You know you're yeah. investing
2: quite a bit of money. Yeah. in you. So think of it mm-hmm. as, as if we're vehicles, if we're NASCARs. You're getting tuned up right when you're in college. Colleges yeah. have the same type mm-hmm. of resources as NBA in terms of how to keep these guys healthy so that they can ultimately bring in fans, bring in money. That's, 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 mm-hmm. that's how the system yeah, works, which is business. fine. We use the system, they use the system. It's all good. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Now, now, take that same NASCAR and throw it into, you <laughs> <Yeah>. know, Bob's <laughs> yeah. Roller Derby. Backyard racing. These overseas programs where mm-hmm. they don't do tune-ups they don't have preventative maintenance. They don't have mm-hmm. oil tank. They pretty much fix shit when it breaks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So that's. Or
0: try to at least.
2: I mean, looking back, I could definitely look at it more objectively now. As much as we feel like, yeah, I'm an athlete, I know it. Man, I really don't know how to take care of my body the way I
0: thought I should <laughs> Well, exactly yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've talked about that before, man There's no guidebook on, on how to be a human How to be, uh, uh, you know, uh, and uh, just be a human So on top of that, to be a professional athlete To be able to take care of your body at the the best level that you possibly can Like you said, you just have people that are looking out for investments And their mindset is just What can I do to help this person to get have them give me back more? It's yeah. not necessarily let me take care of Devon Harden because this is a good person who's putting his body on the line and I need to make sure that this guy is okay because he's a human being and he's I need to make sure he's okay. They're they're not invested in you as a person. So much f- as... honestly,
2: man, I don't feel like you're gonna find that anywhere other than <coughs> household. Sure. Like that type of care and which is why it's important for when it when you get to that level, you gotta Damn near be selfish with your yeah.
0: That's that's what I was gonna get to, to with be, that.
2: You gotta look out for you first because you mm-hmm. damn sure believe these they teams are gonna up. they will cut you in a hot second and have your plane ticket sitting on your on your pillow ready to go home. Like they're not thinking about yeah. your your long term and I can't expect them to. Like, all right, do you but better believe I'm gonna do me at the end of the day. When it comes Man, down to it, sure. if I get a contract offer that's double than yours, do those
1: yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, not something it's that's something that's a this business. Yeah, and that's something important that for, you know, these young cats that are starting to go overseas now, you know what I'm saying? Especially when you you have the personality of a kind person, you know, like you want to do what you can to help the club, help the team. Uh, so you, you sacrifice your body in certain situations when it's like, okay, well, I'm doing this for them. But in reality, they're not reciprocating that same type of energy. And so, Man it's it's real cutthroat and you you learn it's like like damn like they don't really they don't really care about me like they like they talk about you know what i'm saying like i'm trying to help them out but they're not trying to help me out and so, so it, it's a harsh reality
2: by, by the time i got to my end to the end of my career the last two years of my career i definitely was the vet on the team i was one of the older vets especially for the younger americans and there was I, – I just dealt – I moved different. I moved different than my rookie year and all those other years where – my rookie year, there was a team I played for in Greece, in uh, A1 Greece, where they paid us maybe the first three checks and we didn't get paid again the rest of the year. And, and mind you, I was a rookie, so I had some money in my pocket. I didn't really think nothing about it. I was only there for like five months anyway, but they still owed me money, and I kept running into that situation where – hey, we can't pay you right now, but, you know, once our sponsorship dollars come through, we'll be able to pay you half Mm -hmm. then, and then I'll give you the other half on this date, and, you know, you start getting... So by the time I got to Brazil, when I was, like, had gone through that whole dance before, oh, I was a player that only looked out for my interest, and if you weren't serving that interest, it wasn't... And not to say on the team side. I still try to be a team player, but Mm business-wise, you're getting business divine. So Mm -hmm. I know they came to me one time, and they were basically explaining how... um, you know, the money the, the money from the sponsors was, was was a little behind. They couldn't really whatever was going on with it. I'm like, all right man, I understand. You, you know, you guys have been cool with me. I'll work with you, but understand I'm not doing anything until you pay me. And mm-hmm. that's that's the stance I took. Like, I'm not practicing. I'm not showing up to meetings. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing anything until you fulfill your end of this obligation. And yeah. I wouldn't have taken that stance as a rookie. But yeah. I had, yeah, I, that you I had rookies on my team looking up to me like, Yo, Devo, what do you what are do you doing? And eventually, what they what they did was they um they did pay me, and uh, they they didn't pay everybody. They were still messing around with everybody else's money. And I was telling the young guys, like, hey, this is how you got to get it, man. I'm not gonna, I mean, I, I I'm gonna do what I got to do to get my, paid. You mm-hmm. know, you need to do what you need to do to get paid, and and just don't let them jerk you around, honestly, because they will. Yeah, they will. Mm-hmm. They will. The contract will. over there isn't the same as as a contract here. Here you take them yeah. to court. You win, you liquidate assets, you do what you got to do. Man, I took that same team in Greece, I took them to court, I paid, I think, was it almost 4000 to take them to court to recover the money they gave, they, they owed me. And I won in court, I won. But this was at 2008, during the Greek freaking bank crisis. Like, or, no, the Greek economy crisis. I didn't see a dime of that money ever, even though I won in my court case.
1: Wow, so 4000 <laughs> Four thousand dollars later. And I,
2: and look, my agent told me to spend the money to go get it. I need to holler at him, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> See, but that's
1: but that's the other side of it too, man. The agents, man, agents are agents are cutthroat as well. Agents are cutthroat yeah. as well because they're they're really they're just as bad as the teams. I mean, for a lot of them, not everyone is like that, right? But not every team is like that either. But it's like the me agents either. are only looking out for themselves, and they'll tell you some shit that that will benefit them. So they're not yeah. so they're not looking. So what right have you number. done for me lately? Exactly. And so, like,
2: I'm... Agents, a situ- agents are important. I, I I do feel in certain aspects in terms of getting your <clears their throat> name out there and stuff. But at the end of the day, if you're a player that can play, the teams will go around the agent to get to you. That, yeah. that
0: speaks for itself, um, yeah.
2: I, I felt like when it came to dealing with agents, I had, uh, I, I had a good agent based in the U.S. Uh, he, he was good, but... He was definitely more concerned with the NBA clientele, the Ray Allen. He had Ray Allen, yeah. Tim Duncan, um, yeah. Darius Young. He had a, oh John Morant now. He got he's got a bunch of players that he represents, um, and he I felt like he had more connections in the NBA than he did overseas. Obviously, so I, what I found was I ended up working alongside him with other overseas agents, and that can get a little messy just because yeah. you don't know exactly who you're dealing with, and then. You, look, we players, so somebody comes to us with a deal. If an agent just because agents are randomly randomly coming to you with deals all the time, like, hey, man, I got this, and now I'm trying to link my agent up with somebody who he don't really know. Like, I wish there was a little bit better way to manage that for somebody who's not in the NBA, because a lot of these agents are just guys working out of their basements or mm-hmm. or, or you know doing it out of their living room. And I got an agent's license, and let me see what I can put together. But yeah, there are legit ones. Yeah,
0: just kind of sure. throwing it against the wall and seeing what sticks.
2: Man, I, I, I got a guy for you, and they will they will do it like this, where they'll go out and tell a team, "I got a guy for you," I got this guy, and then they'll go and try to get the guy. It yeah, yeah, like the yeah. Party, it's
0: not even legit. So yeah, now, go sorry. ahead. Go ahead, Kyle. No, no, no. You got it. Well, I, I was going to say, so you—you you make this transition from playing, and you know, you're—you're you're working, working these other jobs. Um, but you're starting to build that confidence again uh, uh, away from the court. Mm-hmm. What did it, what did that look like as far as um, f- building an identity away from basketball?
2: You know, man, I, I got to credit my kids with that a lot. That was that was one because I think it, it, it came to a point where. Like I said, the depression was something I didn't even realize I was in. Uh, there's a show that my kids used to watch called uh, The, the Bubble, Gumpy, Bubble Guppies or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, and there was a fish on there called the grump fish. And when he would come around, he was, he, <laughs> he was this big grumpy, for like anytime anybody said anything to him, he was, uh, you know, he's this, this grumpy fish. And that's, and after a while, that's when my kids started calling. I like, <laughs> <to> oh, <laughs> You know, and, I, and I'm going to tell you, I didn't like it. <laughs> but they me no damn it That shoe was fitting way. a little like, too good. With, uh, it was real. Like, they, what they were seeing, they were reflecting to me what I was showing them. And there was a lot of, I feel... At that time, I could have been a lot more positive with my kids. I could have, <clears> lot, I, I mean, it wasn't no, I wasn't using them or nothing. I just was in a place where I wasn't giving to them what I could and what I'm capable of giving to them as a father. Mm-hmm. And um, so. Because we had some healing. You know, it, there was some healing that needed to take place. It, it, man, <clears> man, <throat> for real. And, and they definitely shined the mirror right up to you and let me see myself like that. Kids it's do like, not hey, care hey.
0: about ego. In the slightest bit, they don't care yeah. who you were, used to be, who you are now. It Doesn't they're, matter. you are unfiltered. <laughs> yeah.
2: But, you're, so, you're so I, don't, I don't want to get too deep on you, but it does sound like you guys have a, have a, uh, a religious component to this in terms of like spirituality. And I'll say this much, man. It, it, <laughs> go r- r- wrong with me for a second. One day, my daughter's talking to me, and she's she might be six at the time, and she keeps she's told me over and over again, "Hey, Dad, I want you to watch this movie with me." Hey Dad, I want you to watch this movie. And usually when they're saying that, they're talking about Frozen or something like that. But there's this movie called A Wrinkle in Time. Have you ever heard of it?
1: Yes. Oh, I have not. I have to check it out.
2: It's. I a read Oprah the Renfrey. book actually. It's an Oprah Winfrey movie where she, or uh, well, she's in the movie. I don't know if it's her movie, but it's called A Wrinkle in Time. And she keeps telling me, Dad, I want you to watch this movie with me. I want you to watch this movie with me. And finally, I'm like, you know what? My baby keeps saying is, let me go sit down and watch it. And there's this, I'm not gonna get too much into the movie itself, but but there was the premise that within our universe, within our world, exists a, a realm of negativity, a realm of, 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 of just bad negative thoughts, bad things. And in the movie, they referred to it as the it. And mm-hmm. there was actually a part in the movie where they broke down what it actually is. And they showed just all the different examples of just toxic, Behavior that you're seeing. It was kind of a little montage of a dad yelling at his son or a husband beating his wife or a guy mm-hmm. robbing. like this, just this negativity in the world. And, um, and that was what my daughter was trying to show me. She was trying to show me like, that that's what that's you're, what you're coming talking. off. to Yeah. It's
1: like, yeah, that's crazy.
2: It was, yo, when I tell you, it was one of those things I was like, this little girl, one to be that young, and, and she was so insistent that I watch it with her. That she was trying to show me that, Dad, I need you to change. You're, you're, you're negative. You're being this force when I don't. When, when we can't have you being that. So I kid you not. Like when the moment that's I she, you said six years old. Yeah, that's six. a yo that, that a
1: very that's intelligent deep. young young lady. That's deep. The, and God put it on her heart. Oh, she
2: was like, "Yo, I gotta get Daddy to see this, man." If you ever get a chance to watch it, it's a kids' movie, so they got it's a lot of colors. I mean, it's the yeah, way you the
1: way you presented it. I'm like, dang, like,
0: what, like. about to go watch it right now. <laughs> like, what damn, that's a good ass movie.
2: Six year olds watching this. <laughs> I didn't expect to go into that getting a message. I didn't expect to yeah. go like they got a. a Kids flying around on a dragon in this thing. Like, I yeah, didn't yeah. to go into that, get, getting that kind of message. And when I saw what she was trying to tell me, it was like I had to change immediately. Mm-hmm. It, I didn't have time to go and and fix this. And I had yeah. like, nope, right now I need to switch this up because I'm letting that's my heavy. baby that, That's heavy. That's mm. heavy. That's that's so heavy, bro. And, and I love
1: that. I, I love that yeah. so much. For her to be that cognitively aware of what was going on to be able to be like, dad, this is you. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's heavy. And and
0: and to to care enough to, to say and do something about it and not just let it eat away at her and start allowing her to look at you differently or anything along those lines. She was the daddy. You have to see this because I care that much. Like, whoo, that's imagine
2: how I felt at the time. Getting, yeah getting that's sure that she yeah, was yeah, I mean, yeah i'm sitting there looking Something at this. negative I, I think i'm pretty sure i broke down crying like oh i'm, I'm sure crying. yeah that's but that's I'm heavy really tried, broke down crying i had um i know i called both of my kids into like a little meeting i, I just I, I felt it was important to apologize to them and tell them yeah. like hey mm. I'm, I'm sorry like i didn't realize that this is it i this is what mm. i've been doing i need to do better i told them hey both of you guys from now on, if you feel that I'm being a negative force in your life, you have 100% permission for me to tell me in the moment. Let Mm -hmm. me know because I don't want to be that, you know? And and honestly, since then, and we we always had a good relationship. I've always adored my kids, they have always adored me. But since then, our relationship has been so close and so positive that I feel like that my kids, honestly, and my wife were, were big reasons that I came out of the depression when I did. And there was one experience I had in particular, which was it really helped me out because man, after going through everything we went through, Kyle, after going through through all this, like we're used to being the the top guy and used to being that that, and it, you don't feel like that anymore. You yeah. don't feel like you it, you feel it, like
1: a you feel like a has been. You know what I'm saying? It's like because I, I felt that same way in my transition, like that, especially after. Like we talked about, right? You know, uh, my career ended not the way that I imagined it. I still thought mm-hmm. I, had a, I had a contract to go play back overseas. And COVID happened. And so it's not like, you know, it was my choice. Um, yeah. But then, you know, when COVID lets up, you know, I go back over and I get hurt in a way that's like career ending. And so yeah. that transition for me was like, damn, like I hope. I'm very good at it you know like you know, i was like very Man. good at it i had a i had an opportunity to go to japan i lost it that fell through but then you start cycling a whole bunch of thoughts you know what i'm saying and then like losing like a blue a lot of my savings just like trying to get back overseas and at that point it's like damn like I should have started a business. I should have done something smarter with my money. You know, I should have been more yeah. on top of it. You know, I should have been doing this. I would have I would never be here right now. I wouldn't be in this position if I would have done something different, if I would have made better choices back in two thousand and ten. You know what I'm saying? Or whatever the case is, I should have been smarter, I should have been more adamant, I should have been more focused, like I should have been yeah. doing more research, but in my mind at the time they always say that it's always twenty twenty vision in hindsight, right? Hindsight is always yeah, twenty exactly. twenty vision. Exactly. And so, but I was stuck in, I was stuck in that cycle, in that mode. And I just, like you said, that just not being the best me, just being a ball of energy. I mean, a ball of negative energy and, you know, reflecting that onto my kids. And um, I can't, I can't tell you actually when there was like, man, I need to, like, everyone's going through some, like, everyone's going through some shit. And that's when. It came to me and I realized I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start a podcast, you know, I'm going to start I'm going to start blogging. And at this point in my life, I realized that we've been we've been gifted so many different abilities and skills that we're not defined by just one thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of us, you know, we have our top skill, you know, that's what makes, you know, whatever that is, is it just comes easy for us. But there's still other stuff that we're good at. Yeah, and a lot of us just hold on to that one thing and don't explore the other avenues in which we're actually ability, uh, capable of doing and yeah. so you know, I realized oh okay well I can talk you know what I'm saying like I, I can communicate you know like like I'm passionate is what people have has, has told me before so let me try <laughs> and uh, let's see what's going on obviously this is still fresh it's still new but yeah. uh, it kind of got me on this journey of well shit man like every everyone everyone has it has mental warfare everyone's going through it and so that's what led me to this right now you know what i'm saying gotcha. like this is this is what i'm doing now uh not to say that i'm a g at it yet you know what i'm saying but this is where i find passion this is where i find purpose oh yeah this is where now because the identity part is like this is what you know playing basketball that was my fulfillment right that was yeah. my my purpose and when you lose that just like a lot of other people in the world that's where that's where they lose themselves the identity like how do I identify yeah. myself like I, I'm not, I used to do this I'm not good at it and a lot of people don't don't come out of that funk you know a lot of people are they stay in that depression and depending on their environmental factors it just keeps on you know pushing them deeper deeper into that funk and it is a spiritual world I am spiritual I'm I'm, I'm like God is my guy you know what I'm saying yeah, oh yeah. if it was, if he wasn't it wasn't for him even to this day You know, I I wouldn't be in the mindset that I'm in uh, I'm in now, and and there's like you said, there's a lot there's there's positive energy, there's negative energy, there's good, there's bad, there's two sides, there's there's God and the devil, and then there's there's no there's nothing there's positive energy and there's negative energy and there's a representation behind both, and I feel like the world doesn't uh, aren't aware of that. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel like a lot of the world like believes in God in a certain sense, but doesn't believe in the enemy. You know, a lot they of don't people don't believe in the devil. They don't, which is crazy to me because you know a lot of people. Or get vice to, versa. Yeah. Or vice versa. A I, lot of people I, I just believe in the darkness, and they're not yeah, really yeah, believing in the
0: Savior or anybody that can help them out.
2: I, I don't a, think. I think it's an oxymoron to to do that. I don't think you can believe in one without believing without. At least recognizing the existence recognizing, it's not
1: something yeah. it's not something that we want to you know say his name and like give him recognition for anything, but it's about the awareness. You know, a lot of us go yeah. through our hard times, our hardships, uh, the bad things happen in our life, and a lot of people blame God. Yeah, you know when it's, sure, when, it's, yeah, yeah. Enemy, it's when it's the enemy is when it's the enemy that one that is the one that did it. You know what I'm saying? And so it's. This is this is a part of my process as well and uh you know even this morning I was talking to one of my clients uh, cuz I am a trainer and we we talked about God and, and I and I realized how much how much I love talking about God. I just I mm-hmm. love talking about God just because of I know how real he is. I want to know what he does for me in my life and I love being able to explain that relationship in hopes of, you know, you know transferring that spirit to everyone else and just trying to get everyone else to be aware that the enemy does exist, because once we're aware that the enemy exists, then now we can start realizing, okay, this is happening for a reason. This is happening for a reason, because God is great, right? God Makes it doesn't...
0: easier to navigate. Exactly. Obviously, uh, because you can start to recognize those signs from both sides. Right.
2: I'll tell you this much: one of the things that I've that I've I think has become more and more apparent to me in the past couple years, because it's like I said, I'm going to get to this part where I really feel like it was one of those. Moments that helped me get out of that depression. It was a moment. It was actually a moment. Yeah, I'm sure, but, yeah. Uh, but I feel like the older I get, the more I, the more I'm kind of opening my eyes to this world. It's actually very, very easy. It's very, very easy to see God, it, and and people are looking for this apparition to appear and yeah, floaty uh, white. Robes, <laughs> yeah. it's very easy to see Big God. white beard and everything. You really, can see God all around us in in just the wonderful things that people do. There's so much people hot, so many people highlighting the negativity. That yes. when you look at the wonderful and the, and the and the positive, there's examples of God all around us. But that also means that there's examples of the devil too. Yeah. And, I, I don't know if people are expecting that horned creature to walk out with red blowing fire and all, right. all you have to do is look or turn on the news and just look around you at some of the things you're seeing today. Anybody that can pick up a gun and turn it on a human I and, mean the, in the their news life, in itself. You know, the, like it's just, all negative. The media oh my goodness. And that's what's news.
0: getting pumped out there yeah. to every television in every home. Oh yeah. It's just and, this negative,
1: it was, negative, negative. And what's crazy about that? Like just the concepts of life, that uh, the words that I'm trying to adopt in my life. Energy, energy is huge. Experience is another one, but I'm gonna talk about energy. And I've become more apparent. I was watching um, me and my wife. We wanted to go back and start watching Power, and I already stopped. I already stopped watching horror movies because of the energy that it generates. Right. Same so here. Same here. And so, and they scared me. Yeah. So but it's not just right (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) Uh, but it's not it's not just the scary movies though. You know what I'm saying? It's the other Mm -hmm. ones. It's the 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 negative stuff. Yeah, just anything. So we started watching Power. We watched Power. We wanted to go back and start and watch the first season of Power. And you know the season, I'm not sure if you've seen it, but in the first season, you know, it's like it's drugs, drugs money you know sex and all that whole shit right mm-hmm. and it's about it's cheating there's like there's stepping out on wives there's a whole bunch it's, you know, it's the devil's playground in that world mm-hmm. but I started to realize why people love movies so much it's because we either relate to the movie or we, we, we subconsciously put ourselves in that situation and be like okay well what if that was me and so yeah, right. within that, you start generating those thoughts. And with those thoughts is energy, and your thoughts are directly correlated with your emotions. Right? Oh yeah. So so we started we started watching power and you know uh ghost is his name. He's he's stepping out oh, of his I'm not wife, no yeah. Why? He's he go see stepping on his wife with a with a high school chick or whatever. But, I mean his relationship isn't the greatest or whatever. And you know, you start having conversations. You have conversations with your wife or the person that you're watching and so you're conversing, right? And then for it can go left really quick within the conversation that you're having, just from the thoughts that you have and the dialogue that you're having. So we didn't get into no argument and nothing crazy happened, but I started thinking about that shit and I'm like, like I don't want to watch this anymore. Look at like this just negative energy just, that's being generated just, be, just it,
0: from us talking
1: about a exactly, show. Exactly. Exactly. Versus if I'm watching a comedy show, like and I'm laughing, what thoughts are those generating? Happy thoughts that mm-hmm. we're talking about thoughts that are relative to the movie that we're watching. Yeah. And so it made me realize, like, damn, like, this is why people love movies so much is because we literally try to relate to the movie in some type yeah. of fashion, which generates and It also thoughts.
0: shows that it matters the content that you're consuming yeah the things that you're that you're watching the conversations that you're having we talked about this before you know it's not just food that you're eating it's everything that you're that you're absorbing ingesting everything listening to look at the music videos that are out there the songs that are being put out there the lyrics that they're that they're singing about you know it's all negative negative things Like you said, you're having negative thoughts, you're having negative conversations, negative vibes, and next thing you know, you're just carrying negativity like it's clothing, and you're just walking around with all this negativity attitude, and if that's your baseline, man, as soon as anything comes up in the world, it's a negative reactive response.
2: I really don't listen to a lot of rap anymore. I mean, I do, like, don't get me wrong, if it's a new Drake song or something like that to come out, I'll bump it, but, but really, when I'm in the car by myself, I'm more so focused on I'll do an audio book or a podcast or something. Yeah, I, I, I literally, I, have really started, really started
1: to adopt that, especially after coming Man. to the awareness. It's just facilitating the proper thoughts. Yep, you know, and what I, I'm and then I
2: find that my, my just a twenty minute drive is way more productive with the it's way more productive with nothing on it, me just rolling in my thoughts than blasting. Mm-hmm. Kodak Black in my head where he talking about rolling on the slimes my <laughs> 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 yeah there was
1: this one song this is one song this is Roddy Rich it was a banger too and uh, it's uh, what is it uh, no no uh, I can Rose Royce he's talking about riding the tail off or something like that but he's talk but he's talking about effing somebody's chick and something like that and I'm just like the song after a while I was like man like bro like I You know they got to go somewhere with that, you know. Like I don't want to listen to music. I don't want to listen to it. Yeah, man. But what's what's crazy is the warfare starts in your mind, man. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? That's where the battle is at. That's where it's spiritual warfare. Like people, a lot of people don't see that. And once you start generating those thoughts, you allow the enemy to breach. This, the, the breach the surface, you know what I'm That's saying? That's the foot in the door. That's the yes. foot in the
0: door. It's like, all right, here we go. Okay, it's so, already negative. Right, let's get this going. Right. What else? So once what you else start... can I swing in here and get a little more negativity? Yeah, and keep it going. I mean, yeah. I mean,
1: think about think about one of those songs back in high school. You had a party and, and it's just going, and you're just mosh-pitting it, and you just, oh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That like, it so glorified. Let's get you... oh right? <laughs> I didn't did no mosh pits
2: in high school. No. <laughs> <I> <laughs> he just said, "Remember the Mossbites in high school?" I was nah, like, "Yeah,
0: no, nah, nah, I don't remember those actually." <laughs>
1: honestly, well, that was a, that was an exaggeration, obviously. It wasn't no Mossbites. Nah, nah, was no, nah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I was out there. I was in high school partying for sure. I was I was, I was in high school partying for sure. But when a song came on and the energy was moving, you were just jumping and it's just like mm, boom, like yeah. you know, depending on what song it is, you aggressive. That's why people listen to certain songs when they about to go fight they put on that Roy Jones Jr or something like that you know what i'm saying because hey. it's, oh, yeah. it it, it's, it stimulates that that genre that you know what i'm saying that area of whatever it is and i remember i'll never forget man i was listening to a YG song and he was talking about the devils in his halls right and i'll never forget that was, there was a hold on me that i couldn't shake like the devil had a hold on me that i couldn't shake and I was like, like, irate. My wife was like, yo, like, you, like what's wrong with you? I'm like, yo, like, I was like, I'm literally trying to shake it. You know what I'm saying? You know how you go through your, your emotions and you're like, no, whatever. I'm just going to get over it. You know what I'm saying? I'm just going to shake it off. You know, take a breather. When I tell you, it was almost like anxiety. Like, I, there was this feeling that I had that I could not shake. And ever since then, the song slapped. You know what I'm saying? It was a banger. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I can't listen to this song no more because of what it, because of what it did to me.
2: You know, yeah. so no, the spirituality I, 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 is
1: really is really real for me. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just my my prayer is and hope is that everyone else starts to see it because I feel like that's the problem. Uh, people believe in God, but they don't believe in in Jesus, or not they don't believe in the enemy. And the enemy is all bad. The enemy sabotages our path. He's the one that throws a uh, throws off our off our track, especially. When you start to become a believer, when you become a believer and trying to be on the right path, I mean that's when the attacks come, and the emotions the most. Yeah, and then once you and when you go through those emotions and those thoughts are being generated, you start feeling some type of way. That's when people lose faith and the enemies won Like you know what I'm saying? Like that's because I I mean those those negative emotions are so powerful. They're so strong. They like are. It's, and it's to like the, what
0: Devon was talking about earlier, the effect that it has on those around us. We don't even realize that sometimes. We're, right. we're just so caught up in our own negative mindsets and the stuff that we have going on. We kind of adopt that, oh, poor me mindset, that victim mindset. And you don't realize how your negativity is just spewing out over everybody else. And they're, ever, and they're all picking up on it. And yeah. also with children, we're also showing them how we handle things because they're learning how to go about this world through us, right? It's all observing um, how others go through things and then you adopt that and you figure out, you know, what you like and what you don't like. But when you're a kid, you're just watching your parents and they're soaking all that type of stuff up like a sponge. So if you're constantly, if you don't have any self-awareness and you're constantly allowing the enemy to attack you in all those ways and letting it get the better of you and just becoming self-absorbed in all your problems and not worrying about bettering yourself, not just for yourself but for everybody else around you. I mean, life comes at you quick comes at you hard and it's never at a time that you're ready for it and you want it to be it's always going to be at a time that like you said you know you got stuff piling on it you're not you're not expecting it or when you're all the way up here and everything's going real good for you that's when it comes crashing (laughs) down and again you know one of my favorite quotes is if you can't control the situation around you
1: control how you respond to it
0: and that's where your power lies and And uh, that's something that
1: which is crazy because when you're in the fire we are going through the fire, it's so hard to take that to, to that moment. All right, what's happening right now? You know what I'm saying? Like to have that objective a, point of view, yeah, a, a, and yep. and look at it a different way, yeah. I, I, absolutely, and, it's uh, hard. Yeah, it's because when we're when we're feeling some type of way, we're feeling some type of way. You know, we're in our emotions about like. We're, and again, especially when we have kids,
0: they don't care what we have going on, what we're right. feeling, what, you know, all that type of, to a certain extent, obviously, you know, obviously they care about us, but they're not looking at all those out, <coughs> external factors that are coming in and making you feel the way that you're feeling and, and making you, and that's why you're acting the way that you're acting. They're just seeing that you're acting the way that you're acting, and that's what they're adopting, what they're adopting, or... What they may push away against, because they don't want anything to do with that. And luckily, like Devon's story, is so beautiful that his daughter was able to recognize that and was able and willing to do something about it. And she yeah. did it in such a beautiful way yeah. like just "Daddy, come look at this." And yeah, I, I, I'm still, I'm still, that's going over in my head because I yeah. love that man. Yeah, man, that's that's, that's, that's that's crazy,
1: man. That's a blessing. That's a blessing because who knows? Obviously, God has God had everything to do with that. But imagine. Oh, yeah. But imagine if that would have never happened, and how long you would have continued to be in that funk, right? Yep. So,
0: and, and how that could have affected your relationship with not just your daughter, but your wife and, and the other people in your family—that wedge yep. that it starts to to go with, man. It's
2: um, you know the the kids will definitely do that in terms of. Th- like i think god knew that that was the one way to get to me yeah was absolutely sure through my kids and it's it's funny i'm gonna go back to something you said a little bit earlier kyle about um about how you would cry every time you, you your family left you man i'm gonna tell you i i i don't really i didn't have the experience of cry i would go through like man you know i would be sad but i cried one time and it was a hard cry because so right after my daughter was born, I had to leave two days later to go back to my to my season. And um, I ended up, you know, missing the first couple months. No, no, she actually she came out to stay with me. But basically, there was a period where I caught a contract overseas. I was in D-League at the time. I got a contract overseas, and I went over there. So I was going to be without her for like two months. And it was it was rough. It was brutal. But, hey, I've done it before get out there and um but she was going to come visit us for thanksgiving and christmas and go home after that so that's the plan she came out um got a chance she took her first steps in the airport in israel to me hey. uh, well, the first step i
1: saw okay <laughs> no, yeah no, that's cool
2: but um, the part that got me was, so they came out. I think they came out right before Thanksgiving. I actually proposed to my wife while, they, while we were out there. We had Christmas. We had my daughter's first birthday. And then they left like mid-January to go back to the States. And then this is what tore me up. So my daughter, she, we were staying in kind of a one, like a studio apartment to where there weren't really balls. So her, she, she, was, she was one at the time. Um, our room was right, literally, we could hear the TV in her room, and we would always put these cartoons on her for her at night. Yeah. In Israel, they had a baby channel. It literally would just be baby music and baby stuff all night long. She would watch that nonstop. When I tell <laughs> you, after she left, I couldn't go to sleep without that baby channel on. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. like, bro, I got back to my house, and the crib was still there, the Christmas tree was yeah. hot. Oh, man. All in life. Oh,
0: yeah. my
2: gosh. That was the that was one of the rougher times. And then you know what? My daughter actually was a savage with it. Like she she knew what was happening. She knew I so she would always be like, All right, bye, daddy. Like, she made it easy. It was my yeah. son who was an asshole about it. <laughs> 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 he was the one like You're not coming with us, Daddy? <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we would be in so we live in Bakersfield, so a lot of times when I would head out, I would fly out of Los Angeles, which is about a two-hour drive to get down to LAX from here. Yeah. And, and my family would take me down and drop me off at the airport. This guy's crying the whole time. <laughs> 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 the Don't Jeez, leave. Oh my,
3: bro. What <laughs> <laughs>
0: happened? <laughs> 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 so, but stuff like that—that's that, how it goes, it man. Really, um,
2: it catches up with you. You know, after a while, there's so many, so many teary goodbyes. You can yeah. put your kids through before you say, man, I'm I'm, I'm done with this. I can't but do this anymore. Yeah. I'd and- say they, they were the catalyst for a lot of things that happened. But but back to what really that moment that brought me out of depression. It was a, it was a, it was a really cool moment. I'll tell you about it, man. So um, it started out with a tragedy. It started out with um, Kobe dying. It started out with Kobe yeah. going through and, and um, passing on. And I remember that week was just such a crazy, like, it was a surreal It still is a yeah. surreal feeling whenever I think about Kobe and his family and Gigi and all those other people in that helicopter. It's it's still a surreal feeling, but mm-hmm. especially being hoopers, yeah, we didn't know Kobe. He didn't know us, but we had a connection with him. We've been there with you. We've watched this. We've experienced this. All of this, all of the Mamba, Mamba, we've experienced that with you. So it was a mm-hmm. huge moment when that happened. And that was just a rough week. And at the end of the week, I remember meeting somebody who who came up with the idea of of, of writing down of, of writing a book. He was a he was a hooper too. He's like, man, we got so many stories as overseas hoopers, we should just write them all down. And we got to keep them anonymous for the most part, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: get somebody so in trouble.
2: I actually, um, I didn't have a lap. My laptop wasn't working at the time, but I was so enthralled with that idea. I'm like, you know, I'm gonna just start writing to see. I'm gonna see what I come up with. And um, all I had was my iPhone. I had a, I had an iPhone. And I had a, a little pages app on there where you can type in there. But when I tell you I sat down and started writing on that iPhone and it went away, it went away from writing hoop stories to just kinda of talking about my life and talking about my yeah. experience. Um, dude, I wrote two hundred pages on that iPhone. The... I wrote two hundred pages and and I didn't I never I didn't I never stopped to look. I just I, I, it was just it was flowing just out. Flowing. Of yeah. I'm just sitting And I'm writing 200 pages with my thumbs. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I would go sit in the corner of my garage and I'd be out there for hours at a time, writing, writing, writing. And before you know it, I ended up with this, this basically a a manuscript, this is damn near a memoir in um, a rough draft version. But where it ended was the highlight for me. And where it ended is where I feel it, um, it kind of highlighted where I came out of my depression. Um, so back when I want to say twenty, I don't remember when it was, but when Kevin Durant left the Thunder and went to the Warriors, you remember mm-hmm. that? Okay, yep. So Kevin Durant's my old teammate, and um, and when I found out that he was going to the Warriors, I oh we're going to that game. And the game we went to, we went up to Oracle in Oakland, and the game that we went to was their actually their first game playing against the Thunder. So I got to see Russ and Cam that night. And, oh, and it was dope. it was. It was such a dope experience. But then afterwards, um, we had tickets to the to stay after and meet the players and everything. And my son and daughter were going to get to meet him. The first thing Kevin Durant said when he saw me, and mind you, I hadn't seen him since 2008, 2009. This is at least seven, eight years later. First thing he said when he saw me was, hey, what's up, man? I, I was thinking about you the other day. Hey. Like, for me, that brought me out. Yeah. Because it was... It was really validation to me. So I felt like I had had this failed career and and this and, that. and when I'm here. I am. I got the number one two player in the world yeah. at the time. Talk about. I was thinking about you the other day, and I remember we had some good experiences back when I was with the Thunder. You know, we went and played video games at his house, and you know, we had we had all of that those kind of fun experiences. But I remember how how good I felt. Walking yeah. away from Oracle that day, we 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 took the bar to the stadium. So I'm walking back to the BART just being <laughs> with, with pride that yeah. Kevin Durant actually remembered me and kind of recognized that I was I was somebody in this game. You know, yeah. I wasn't just somebody that came by and he was a bum. Like yeah. nah, man. And just passing through. For, man, since then I've had a couple different experiences where people have you know acknowledged me and and just kind of recognized. You know, you, you, you did something. I got the, the Hall of Fame um, induction with Newark Memorial. What was that, last year? Um, nice. Th- different experiences like that really made me kind of feel like it is okay to talk about what I've done. It mm. is okay to, uh, to, to be proud of what I've done. Yeah. And it more wasn't more, for nothing. Yeah, and more importantly, I'm at the point now where it is okay to share what I've done with other people mm. And uh, in the sense of, I'm coaching now I've got a I've got a camp I do It's called Debo on the block Post. There you camp. go Um I run a camp I, I, I'm doing trainings I'm working with teams I'm, I'm finding ways To get back out there And get involved In the community Cause Dude with our experience We pretty much got PhDs in hoop <laughs> Man
1: Hey say bro, Say no more yeah, Say it's no bad. more hey. But that's crazy That you said that Cause I was literally About to Uh To ask you about that Debo on the block You know Uh we're starting to run out a little bit of time. So you know, talk a little bit about that and how that started and when you started it.
2: All right, man. So, yeah, I'm going to keep it brief, man. We started that actually earlier this year. I was at my one of my son's practices. And um, I ended up having to pull a kid. It was a new kid who came, and he he had never hooped before. Like he, he, so he's at a practice with an AAU club. And I'm like, I don't want him to feel left out. So I put him to the side, and I just worked with him the whole practice. And one of the parents came up to me afterwards like, man, did a great job with him. Do you do any training? Do you do any work with kids? And I and I man, I had never thought about it. Remember, I wanted Light to get away from the game. God you know? is great. So, so I started thinking about it and I'm like, well if I did it, what would I do, man? Like, how would I impact it? And the idea I've had is basically I see a lot of people have camps, a lot of people have different skills development for kids. Um, but I don't necessarily think it's as focused as I would like mine to be. So Mine really takes a specific part of the game and breaks it down in a in a in a clinic to where we can really just focus on that. The mm-hmm. part that I'm the best at that I'm that I'm teaching right now is back to the basket play with the post game camp. But we're also going to mm-hmm. um, for our next one and I'm going to do this with uh, in combination with Ayanda Ubaka, my college point yep. guard. We're going to do a pick and roll camp and just break down pick and roll, how to play the pick and roll, how to how to play it with the ball, the different options you have when setting the screen how to how to play off the pick and roll, how to guard it on the ball, how to guard all of that good stuff. So
3: mm.
2: where I think our um and my wife is the one mainly helping me with this, where I think our advantage is in this is not only do we have the experience and the resume to back what we're talking about, we're really focusing on skills development in and in very specific areas. And so far I haven't seen too many people doing that. So hey, that's mm. that's that's light bulb for me. You know, that's ideas Man. for me. And that's why this this platform is
1: a blessing, man, because we should be able to bounce ideas off each other and encourage one another and, you know, just ex- expand that positive energy, man. Because like, that just gave me some ideas. I'm like, okay, yeah.
2: Specific, okay, like, I mean, honestly,
1: specific who's better
2: to learn how to do a pick and roll than for somebody like you, who can run not only run the pick and roll, but also you've been in the power forward position where you're setting those strings, too. Yeah. So you've got a lot of valuable cool experience in that aspect. And honest, and. I feel like that's something that a lot of team programs AAU pro, they're not breaking it down to that level. They're yeah. teaching you how to play group. They're working on individual skills, but when it comes to being overall better players and knowing how to run a pick and roll effectively, right. it's the
1: concept of the something. game.
2: Oh yeah, you'll get that. You get that more when you get to college. I say. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. And that's cool man it. that's beautiful giving back to something that you dedicated your life so long to and, and dedicated so much of who you are to and um to be able to you know kind of have the fall that you did and be able to bring yourself back up and now giving back to that same thing man I think that's a
1: beautiful thing man, you you, you have you know. found you found purpose passion and fulfillment like and that's and that's serving serving, and serving yeah. the people with your with your knowledge and the skills and that's how that's what we're all supposed to be doing in this world. But again, the enemy is got blinders on everyone and mm-hmm. he is restricting and shackling everyone from being their best selves. And it's like we get into those moments where we're, we've lost our identity and we're like, well, this is what I identify myself with. This is what gave me my, my passion. This is what gave me my drive. And when we lose that, it's almost like, well, who am I? What am I? I'm nothing. But when reality, God made us all in his image and created us for us to create and be our best selves. I mean, the mind is so the mind is such an incredible and incredible place where it could be, you know, good and bad, depending on what, you know, like you said, we're feeding it. And so we're all we're all built. We're all born to be great in whatever in whatever way God wants us to be great in. We just, we just yeah. need to figure mm-hmm. that out, and there's so many different ways, right? God gave us the uh, the power of choice, and to be able to leverage our gifts and our talents, and so that's the goal. Yep. That's the that's the goal. Well, man. I mean,
2: that's that's why I left the game when I did. Honestly, that was a that was another big thought they went into it. Is like, man, this whole career is it's been fun, but it's not the way I envisioned. Right, I was twenty. Wasn't fulfilling when I was enough. Yeah, I, I was 28 when I retired officially. But my my goal with retirement because I, I obviously at 28 you can keep going to you. There's players still playing at 40. You know, for me, right. I wanted to leave in enough time to where I could get really good at something else before I get to that middle age mark where mm-hmm. I could go yeah. and 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 find find another career and and really get something else started. And and I have. I mean, my my, my actual job, my my day, my career is in um, risk management, environmental insurance. But um, but I also you know I've got my camp that I'm running, I'm doing personal training for te- I'm go. doing team trainings right now, and then I mean ideally, man, I'd like to see in the next year or two, I'd like to see this this 200 pages, I'd like to see it form its way into an actual published book. Man, mm. that hey, that'd yeah. be heavy, bro. 200, hey, yeah. that that'd be
1: heavy. That's what's up. Well, I mean to to piggyback that, like where can uh, where can the people find you? You know what's up, what's your handles? It,
2: I, I just made it easier now, so uh, you can find me at CoachDebo35 on Instagram, um, also on Threads. Uh, I'm under Coach. I might be. I think it's just under my name for Facebook. But man, I'm I'm, I'm out there. That's that's really it. I can give you the. I don't know if you want to put it in the little messages underneath. I'll give you the information. Yep. For that, but yeah. man, it's it's about giving back now. I feel like I, I'm at the point where I can appreciate what I've done. Yeah. Man, I don't have to feel ashamed, I don't have to feel like, man, like why Golden you not working no more? Man, I've yeah. been there and done that, baby. <laughs> yeah. So, and now
0: it's the next chapter. I
2: yeah. can appreciate what I've done and I can be happy with that. I can be satisfied as a, as a man, as a father, as a husband, and I can go on and, and plan some big moves next because that competitive spirit never goes away. So yeah. whatever you do, man, we're going big.
0: find a different outlet for it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, that's awesome, man. That's beautiful. Right. And again, I want to thank you for coming on here and opening up about this type of stuff. I know it's oh, not sure. easy. And it's not easy for us to put ourselves out there. And especially when somebody who's gone out there and, and lived a, a damn life, man, a couple of lives out there, you know, what I mean? <laughs> doing, some, doing some stuff that a lot of people that, that average person uh, didn't experience, man. So to, uh, to open up about that and talk about your feelings behind it. Thank you very much, man. Because a, yeah. yeah, no. a lot of Absolutely. people, yeah, a lot aren't able to do it. Yeah, that, that also, man, that I be- appreciate
2: what you guys are doing. This is, this is awesome. Um, my wife and I have 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 I had our own ideas about how we can impact um, people, and not just from <clears throat> professional sports, from any sports. I mean, if you're an athlete and you have that identity as an athlete, any time that you're not able to play that sport anymore is going to impact you, whether yeah, it's I mean. high school, college, pro. Um, that's something that we've been pretty passionate about and we're, 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 working on some things there. I'll, I'll, hopefully you'll be hearing something soon coming on that front, but yeah. we definitely want to provide something for people to understand that this transition is one you don't have to go through alone. It's one uh, that, <coughs> it's one that you're not the only, like everybody goes through it. In Literally some way, shape or form. those who just played varsity high school. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they still go through the same thing, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: bro. So, uh, that's crazy because I was literally thinking about that same thing because you know, especially with this show that we that we set up, you know, just that transition of going from basketball to real life, you know, it's it's tolling, like you know, that's what it's almost a situation of the state of man, right? You know, what we go through yeah. as men and mm-hmm. trying to figure out how we're going to provide for ourselves, our families. And, you know, What's the my purpose in life now? Exactly, yeah, yeah, you know, finding sure. that finding that fulfillment, finding that fulfillment. But yeah, bro, let me uh, let us know uh, how that how that uh, how that plays out. Would love to be an advocate for that and get that out here. You know, jump back on another show so we can talk about it. So we can just yeah, try have... try and reach the world, bro, because that's what this is: trying to reach the world, push it out there to yeah, as many one people person, as possible. One pr- yeah, one person at a time, man. Happiness, peace, and happiness is is what. That's what my motto is peace, love, and happiness, man. Because that's if we don't have that, we have we have the, the opposition of that. We have the other side of that, right? Which is not And We a, all deserve a, it. Is a, absolutely, uh, it's, it's waiting for us. You know, God has it's 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 waiting for us. You know what I'm saying? He has it for everyone. We are we're all yeah. we're all a piece to a puzzle. Like we're all a member. You know what I'm saying? It's like mm-hmm. you know, it talks about in scripture. Like we're uh, if we're talking about the body, like the arm is no. It's no more important than the nose and the eyes. We're all connected in this world Mm -hmm. as a unit, but we're just, we're just divided. We're dysfunctionally connected right now. So, um, yeah. yeah, So, I mean, that's the goal.
2: People like us that are going to continue to find ways to bring us together in a way that's more functional and beneficial for everybody. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Sure. Well, thank you again, my man, for uh, for taking taking the time out of your day. Uh, God bless you and your family, bro.
2: Have a great weekend, and uh, let's definitely stay tapped in, man. Same to you, man. You guys have a good one. It was great seeing you both.
0: Yeah, appreciate it, Devon. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, Comment, like, share, subscribe, and uh, we'll see you next time.